So, Petro, good to see you. Hello. Nice to see you too. All right. So, you said that you've been watching the videos and starting to practice and that you were getting a lot of bodily sensations. You're beginning yeah. to wake up the body to find out that it's actually vibrantly alive and there's all kinds of millions of things happening. Yeah. Right? Okay. And then you asked the question or expressed the doubt that you didn't know what to concentrate on. Exactly. Okay, and that's when we turn the video on. So let's go with that um, as a kind of introduction. Um, we need to come out of the concepts of using the word concentration the way that we do. That in fact, uh, the word concentration that we use in English is not in the Pali. In the language of the Buddha, they use the word samati or samati. And that what that actually means is something quite different than concentration. That in fact, what samati means is gathering together the factors. Use that phrase, gathering together the factors, because each of the various kinds of samatis that we have will have factors. And when those factors are gathered together, here's an example, would be a particular kind of food. Let's call it, let's do, even do it with eggplant lasagna. All right. You need eggplant. You need lasagna. You need cheese. And you can't have an eggplant lasagna unless you add the ingredients that are needed. For in fact, if you didn't put any eggplant in it, then it's not a good idea to call it eggplant lasagna. Maybe some other kind of lasagna. (laughs) But if you leave out the lasagna noodles, you can call it eggplant supper another, but you can't call it lasagna without the lasagna noodles. You see where we're going with this, okay? So there's a kind of putting together the items so that you have something new. Okay. But in fact, if you want to get down the right mathematical and, and uh, um, scientific about it, there is um, a, an area of mathematics that's called general systems theory. Okay. And the general systems theory has the quality that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. All right. And that fits into the teaching of the Buddha in so, so many ways. That if the Buddha had had the concept that the, that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, then I think that modern day Buddhism would be much better off. Now, let's look at that, what I mean by the, the, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Imagine that the front yard of your house was littered with a bunch of car parts. Let's okay. say that there was once a car there and because of it having this or that problem or because of a bed or got drunk or many different possibilities and now the guy takes the parts of the car and scatters them all over the front yard down to the fact that there's some pistons over there and some piston rings over there. 
There's okay. some white bulbs over there. There's some wiring back there. Okay, you got the idea? Yeah. Now, that's not a car. Yeah. Only when all of those things are together in the place where they were designed and in functioning order will you have something new that you can now call a car. And what that new thing is, is transportation. Okay. You, you can't go sit on that piston and grab the steering wheel and sit on that piston and do the steering wheel like this and expect to go anyplace. It's not so going to happen. Guess, I guess it's the same with my meditation that I was doing or my approach with the, with the meditation. <laughs> okay, exactly right. So now let's look at it from the other angle and then is what is concentration? Concentration is often used in the sense of taking things that we don't really need out. It's mm. completely backwards, you see. With the samadhi, we're gathering things together. We're gathering okay. those car parts together in order to have transportation. If we didn't have the need or the desire for transportation, what's the point of the car parts? Yeah. Right? Okay. But with concentration, let's say that we start with something like orange juice. Yeah. Okay. And that we can now take the water out of it and make it into uh, concentrated orange juice. They often freeze it, frozen concentrated orange juice. And if you take all the water out of it, then you'll have a powdered orange juice. Right? But yeah. who wants to sit there with a spoon and eat that powdered orange juice? It tastes terrible. <laughs> no, we want to put it, put the water back in it. We want to make it samati so that it's drinkable. Yeah. All right. And yet, for some reason or another, this major teaching of the Buddha that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts has gotten confused in the original translations, they translated samadhi as concentration and missed the whole point. Okay, I see. Yeah. All right, and when students start with me about using the word concentration, I give them this little speech. This is a unique version of it, but this is where we begin to start. So let me give you another example of samadhi, an American Indian teepee may have four poles or eight poles or a big one will have 16 or 20 poles. You know what I mean by an American teepee, a Native American teepee, wigwam? Oh, no, not really. Uh, it's a dress okay. or something? It's a tent. It's a house. Okay. okay, okay, yeah. All right. In In Mongolia, they have another version they call a yurt. Do okay. you know what I mean by a yurt? Oh, not really. It's new to me. But okay. <laughs> All right. But you can imagine that on a, uh, a, a tripod that is holding up a camera, it's got three legs. Yeah. And without all three legs, the camera tripod is unstable. Okay. Except that at the top, all three legs come to one point in yeah. a frame. That's yeah. the samati point is where all those legs come together. Okay. On the American teepee, the tent, all of those ridge poles are, are leaned together, put together, and at the top they're tied off. Not at the very, very end, but within about a foot or so, they're tied off. 
And then the big long part of the pole is spread out and the and enough of them gives great stability. Okay. Okay. A tripod has a lot of stability, but two legs, none. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is what we're meaning then by samati is bringing all the factors together so that there can be stability. Okay. Yeah. Now the okay, stability the stability may be, in fact, why people are using the word concentration, but they miss the whole point by using the word concentration, because really what we're looking for is stability through unification. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. All right. So. In that regard, when you're saying that you're looking at the body and you're seeing all these 10,000 sensations going on and you don't know which one to concentrate on, the actual answer is, is that that's the wrong question. Mm. That we're going to sit there and continue to observe and allow yourself to wake up the body to not just 20 or 100 different things happening at the same time, but maybe 10,000. Maybe, in fact, there are so many things happening so close together, both in time and in distance, that they all kind of build into just one thing. Okay. But, but it has to start with all of that little stuff happening, a whole lot of it. And we begin to notice that, in fact, the same thing happens with our observation of the mind. That in the beginning, when we start looking at it, we see one thought after another, after another, and we begin to take on the job of making each one of those thoughts wholesome. Okay. Because because if the thoughts are unwholesome, then they're all over the place. There's no possibility of any samadhi if there is no organization at the thought level. But in fact, that's one of the factors that we have to bring in is, is that the mind has to be free from the hindrances. Therefore, we must change each hindrance into a positive thing. Turn every stumbling block into a part of a ladder to help you climb rather than stumble and make you fall. Okay. Yeah. So every, every thought that we have now becomes a wholesome thought and we apply the mind to that and continue to do that until the mind gets into a wholesome state, which is kind of a unification all its own. Okay. All right. That's yeah. the whole idea is to get the mind into a state of unification. And the way that we do that is by starting at the beginning to start making all of each thought one at a time as we see it wholesome. Every thought that you have can be improved. And if you come across to a thought that's so wonderful, so magnificent, so awe inspiring that it could not possibly be improved. At least when we look at it, we can say, what an inspiring, magnificent thought that is. And then we can congratulate ourselves for having that thought, which means that it can be improved. Yeah, okay. So we wind up in congratulations. Yeah. All right, for what? We congratulations for, first off, getting the mind unified and organized into having one wholesome thought after another after another. But that's not enough unification. There's more to be done. 
And an example would be with the body itself. We want to get the body in seclusion away from other people so that we can feel safe and secure. If we feel insecure, unsafe, uncomfortable, it's hard to keep the mind on wholesome thoughts. That when we're uncomfortable, we're dissatisfied and we'll have dissatisfying thoughts. Thoughts like, when's the bell going to ring? When can I get out of this meditation class? My butt hurts. <laughs> okay, these are the kind of thoughts then are, that are preventing us from actually enjoying what we're doing. Okay. And so, yeah. so we remove those thoughts and start having uh, happy thoughts only because we have removed the unwholesome sensations of the body and in reality we're in a safe place like this porch perfectly safe yeah yeah all right the room that you live in is perfectly safe there's no alligators and no crocodiles and so we begin to recognize what's not there so that we can feel safe. Anything that you would make you feel unsafe is not here now. Leaves us into a state of safety and security in reality. Even though we may feel insecure and unsafe, at least the reality is, is that this is a safe place. Yeah. And that the body is comfortable. So by talking to ourselves about it being safe, actually being safe in the physical reality sense and having good and positive wholesome thoughts guess what we begin to actually feel safe and when we have the body in an actual physical real safe place and we're talking to ourselves about safety and security and we feel safe there's a new kind of integration there's a new kind of samadhi that's forming now Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, in in fact, making one thought wholesome, one off, one after the other, is also part of the Eightfold Noble Path. That in reality, that's really what we're doing. We're doing the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Noble Path. Everything that I say will be in reference to Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. Okay. That's the entire teaching of the Buddha right there. All right. And, and so what we're doing here is we're remembering to look, remembering to wake up, remember to be in this present moment. Remember to be here now. Remember to come out of our daydreams and come into reality in a sense of waking up. An example would be as little Johnny is sitting in the back of the classroom looking out the window at the school. Yeah. And the teacher and and the teacher sees him looking out the window and the teacher says, Johnny, wake up. Stop daydreaming. Right? Pay attention. I was one of the of those guys. <laughs> All right. So that teacher was giving you instructions to wake up and be back into the classroom instead of having your mind either out the window or out the door, gone someplace. And so this is what Sati is, is that teacher calling, saying, wake up, be here now, looky, looky, pay attention. 
This is school. Time for an education. <clears throat> Time for some Vipassana. But we can't get any insight if we're not paying attention to what's happening. Because we're daydreaming. And guess what? You're not the only one. I think every kid gets caught daydreaming, not paying attention. And in fact, that's part of the reason why all of us are so unhappy our whole lives is because we're not paying attention. Too much work. Too much effort. Unless you understand it in the terms of right noble effort. And I can define right noble effort is the least amount of work needed in order to actually get the job done. Okay. Yeah. And most people don't put in enough effort mixed with from time to time putting in way too much effort. Oh yeah. And they don't, yeah, yeah. And they don't, and they don't balance. And so you get tired and then you have to stop for some time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you yeah, quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. But we're only going to be exercising just enough effort to do something actually quite easy. But we have to do okay. it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And many times when we're doing it over and over again, we don't like that we have to do it over and over again, but that's the way to do it is every unwholesome thought that we can see is unwholesome, we change it happily. Most of the students, though, if they do bother to change the thought, they'll just stay in misery anyway. Mm. We have to change our attitude. We have to change our, brighten up our language, make our thoughts wholesome and gain the benefit of that. And the benefit then is, is that we actually can feel safe. We can feel secure. We can feel comfortable. And we can also feel satisfied that I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Western Buddhism is actually um, a kind of a spiritual materialism. By and large, Western Buddhism is a spiritual materialism. And look at all the things, all the baubles that are held up for people to snatch and grab at. Nibbana, Enlightenment, Sotapan, Jhana, Arahat, all of these words, the kids are out there grasping and clinging at these ideas that they've created in their own heads rather than actually coming to the real point that Sukha is the exact opposite of Dukkha. So when we understand that the only thing that the Buddha is teaching is dukkha and how to get out of it, then naturally we should be developing a state of sukha. If, if our life goes around being dissatisfied, then let's actually practice being satisfied. But this is good enough. And so, and so questions about meditation come up. Well, those questions are actually a form of doubt. Now, when you're talking to me, it's a good time to ask questions. But when you're sitting in meditation and you start asking questions, those are hindrances. And the better thing to say is I don't have to ask any questions at all because I've already got everything I need to become satisfied. Just be satisfied. That's all there is to it. 
with happy, comfortable, easygoing thoughts, feeling safe, secure, and comfortable, it's easy actually to start feeling satisfied. Yeah. All right, so we're doing some more samadhi work in the sense of gathering up some more factors. That in fact, now we've gathered up the factor of sukha, which is part of the package. All right, so as we keep practicing like this, knowing that we're gaining benefit every time we remember to change the thought from unwholesome to wholesome, we begin to get the idea that, you know, I can do this. And that grows into, yeah, I got it. We begin to come out of just mere satisfaction into the winner's position. We've got this. We're the champion now of our own mind. We have now just climbed the Everest of our own mind. Okay, we can do this. We can, in fact, change it from unwholesome to wholesome. And then the next step would be, no matter what happens, no matter how obstructed or hindered the mind begins to get, no matter what circumstances are created, I still can clean out the mind and come back to reality and see things the way they really are. I can do that too. When the mind comes to that position, that's where the Buddha says is that's the first knowledge, the first step into nobility, is when you know that you can control your mind and take it out of unwholesome and put it into the wholesome. That's going to take some practice. And, and it's also going to take something else, and that is, is that we need to actually be eager rather than uh, reluctant. Because when we're reluctant, it takes more effort, it takes more energy, it takes more work. But if we're enthusiastic about what we're doing, and the best place to find the enthusiasm is by actually practicing correctly and congratulate yourself for practicing correctly. Okay, so in the Four Noble Truths position, we have been talking about sati, to wake up. To number two, take a look at what's going on with the body, the feelings, the mind, whatever is there, pay attention, look at what's going on, and people will ask, well, what do I look at? The answer is that one by one as they occur. Whatever comes up, that's your object. Take it, seize it, hold it. Whatever comes up, that's your object. Take okay, it. Okay, sorry, let's connection for a moment. Okay. Okay, so we're back. Yes, you froze. All right. So, what, whatever happens, one by one as they occur, each new mind moment will give something new. When you notice that, really notice it. Take control of it. Take a hold of it. Make it yours. Bring it in. Make it close, okay? We're getting closer and closer to reality. So um, with, with each thought then that comes up, we now can inspect it. It's close. We can look at it. We can see what it is, and we can make it better. We can improve it. And when we keep improving it over and over and over again, that's the right effort. So we've got sati, right view, Number two, ditti, okay? Sati, ditti, virya. And now I'm going to add the fourth one, and that is sama sankapa, 
Samus Ankapa actually is the congratulations. It's the wow. It's the winner. It's the change of attitude from being a loser who wishes he could meditate into the champion of got this. Okay. And when we have these four factors of the Eightfold Noble Path, that means that we have a samati mind. This is what the Eightfold Noble Path use of the word samati is, is when the mind is unified, organized, not a crowd. We don't have any arguments on the inside. We know because we've been looking and we've been seeing and so there's no arguments, no question about it. We got it, right? A confidence that grows into a unification of the mind. Already, though, there's something else, and that is, is that, number one, you remember I was mentioning about removal of the hindrances, applying yeah. and sustaining that, bringing up the feeling of sukha, and now the next one is the pity, and guess what? With the body relaxed, because that's what we're practicing also, is letting the body feel comfortable and relaxed. Now we have all of the jhana factors together, Um, which is another kind of samadhi. When we have the jhana factors together, that means that you're in a very pleasant state. You're awake, you're alert. Things come at you and there you are for it. And you keep doing it. You keep applying the mind to this and sustaining to that, being satisfied. So any kind of dissatisfaction that come up, aha, I caught you. And we stay in that state of wonder. Uh Off he goes. Oh, you're back. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, all of that comes out. All of that comes out of that one question that you had about whenever something happens with the body, you don't know what to concentrate on. Mm. The answer with that then is one by one as they occur, pay attention, watch closely now. Things are happening. A whole lot of stuff is happening. But we miss almost all of it while we're daydreaming. A kid can lose, can can miss out on an entire math, uh, not just class, but a whole year. Oh. I did not paying attention, not learning what's going on. So this is this is in fact where vipassana or insight comes from, is the stability. But putting these factors together and let them lean upon one another, it gives us a great deal of stability. And when the mind is very stable, like a camera, we can take better photos. We can see better. Okay. Okay. And so much of the practice has to do with getting things stable. A hindered mind, a mind that's not focused, etc., is all over the place. And so getting one wholesome thought after another after another then is a way of settling the mind down so that we can, in fact, look at one thing at a time, one by one as they occur, rather than jumping around without really paying much attention to what we're looking at. 
Yeah, I think it's a lot of work, but uh, I, I feel enthusiasm to, for that uh, right now. So I bet, I bet you can do this. It's not a lot of work. It's a very little work only done right now. There's just yeah. a whole lot of right nows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a whole lot of them. One, one moment after another after another. Watch closely. Keep watching. Keep looking. Keep making modifications. Keep changing. Keep improving. Yeah. Every thought, one by one as they occur, with the, with the understanding that you're one, going to wind up feeling really good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy the, that, uh, that I found uh, this, uh, this group also and, uh, <laughs> and you and the Sangha because uh, I felt that uh, in a way or another uh, I was trying to do this kind of work with myself from, uh, from, some, from a year or something. And uh, I, I'm very happy because uh, it, uh, I mean, it, it's something that, that, uh, <laughs> that is real, that I, I was not doing only just uh, in my mind, but it's, it's uh, a real job that requires time every, every moment, each moment. And so seeing also people that teach this method and uh, apply this method and talk together about this thing, it's very, very helpful. Uh, and uh, it works, it does. But in fact, that's where the confidence comes from is the fact that this stuff is successful. We feel successful. We feel like we can, in fact, change our personality. We can change our destiny. You can be who you want to be rather than who you are already programmed to be. Yeah. You change your program. One thought at a time. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and finish off now? I think that we've gotten to a really good place. I yes, think you've yes. got it. I think so. I think so. All right. Think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, give me a call in about a week or maybe uh, three, four days, something like that. Okay. Maybe twice okay. a week. And we'll continue okay. on with the practice. Yeah. In the meantime, I will attend the Sangha, the weekly calls. Oh, and, please uh, join. You, so you have to. Yes. Yes. Make yourself present. Exactly. Okay. Show up, read, post, do what you need to do. Only okay. keep it wholesome. That's the whole idea of practicing doing wholesome stuff. Okay. So thank you again. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye.